0: Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Millennial to Millionaire podcast. As always, this is your host, Paris Grant, coming to you with everything financial. It's a wonderful Money Monday here in Miami or wherever you're listening to this at. If you haven't already, I highly recommend you go back and listen to my last episode, my interview with John Lanza. It was amazing and has been receiving really good reception. So if you haven't checked it out already, go ahead and do that. And while I am on the subject of things that I think you should go do, you should definitely subscribe Please leave a rating. It's really quick to go do leave a review if you got a little bit more time. And as always, tell your friends because you don't want to be the only rich one of your friends because, you know, that can get awkward. So for this episode, something I haven't done or I've neglected to do all year is the M2M news segment. You know, so much has been happening this year and so much has been there's been so much to talk about just as far as finances go that it just kind of escaped me and yeah so i kind of felt bad about that so on this episode it is strictly m2m news just a couple stories i want to share with you guys about what's going on in the financial world right now just to kind of help you guys know the landscape that we're living in and hopefully you know just educate yourself more on this type of thing so one quick little break right now when i get back it's the m2m news segment with paris grant thank you for tuning in make sure you keep it 1 million And welcome back. This is M2M News with your favorite news anchor, Paris Grant. So Tesla, Apple and Amazon all had excellent earnings, which kind of led to the Federal Reserve saying that there's not going to be any change to the Fed funds rate. Now, if you listen to my last ep—well, not my last episode—but if you listen to the episode that I did on the Federal Reserve, you know that that just means that they believe the economy is doing pretty well right now, so they don't see any reason to raise interest rates. So, if you listen to the show, I would hope by now you've started investing, and if you haven't, that's fine because I'm here from everybody who's just getting started to the more seasoned investors. But Warren Buffett is somebody that I look up to a lot, and so you know, it's no. I hope it's no surprise that I study him. But this past week, Warren Buffett actually quit newspapers. So Berkshire Hathaway is selling all the newspaper it owns to Lee Enterprises for one hundred forty million. Now, Berkshire Hathaway is basically a mutual fund inside of a stock because Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's company, owns either a part of or full on percentages of whole entire companies so if you invested in a share of Berkshire Hathaway you're not just getting Berkshire Hathaway shares you're getting shares of all these other companies and the reason why this is big news is because Berkshire Hathaway almost never sells um in newsletters that they send out they like they literally explicitly state that they tried not to sell But Warren Buffett believes that they are unsustainable in this new tech market that we're in. You know, I don't remember the last time that I got my news from a newspaper. None of the news that I'm bringing you comes from a newspaper. Um, But, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. And, you know, on top of what they're doing, Berkshire Hathaway is also lending Lee Enterprises $576 million at a 9% annual rate. And with this money, Lee's going to pay for acquisition, refinance its debt and make Berkshire its only lender now there's a lot of money going on in this deal and just off of this lee enterprises stock soared like i want to say like 20 percent. and the reason why like i said this is even newsworthy is because berkshire hathaway almost never sells and as an investor especially like someone like me i'm a very long-term investor i've never sold anything that i've ever owned before so to see this going and it's such big proportions it's i don't know pretty pretty cool to me at least so for the next story americans are projected to inherit 764 billion dollars this year and will be an average tax of 2.1 percent this is coming from a i want to say nyu law professor that they uh, they wrote a paper on american inheritance and wealth tax so tax on work and savings is about 15.8 percent with the top marginal rate uh it's now 37 percent plus payroll taxes So to be inheriting this much money at such a low tax rate has some people, I guess, a little peeved, Um, but because wealthy Americans and their estates are required to pay 40 percent on bequest and gift to heirs. But there's a lot of tax loopholes that are available to the rich. Well, not only to the rich, but there are a lot of tax loopholes that are out there that they're able to use. For example, one of them is for married couples, the first twenty three point two million of an estate is tax exempt. And there's more, you know, and as we see more income inequalities in the 2020 election coming up, it's kind of just more ammunition for people who believe that the wealthy should be taxed more uh, as a news anchor. I kind of want to remain impartial, so I don't want to talk too much about how I feel about it. I'm just relaying the news. But yeah, that's just something to look uh, something I guess to know or to look out for. Now, speaking of taxes, Because remember, I just said that there's not tax loopholes are not just available to the super wealthy. More and more people are leaving tax heavy states such as Texas, New York and California. So there was a federal tax overhaul that Congress passed in late 2017, which made it costlier to own a house in high priced high tax areas. So some of the places I listed Texas, New York, California, it's very expensive to live. And when you have, you know, higher taxes, it just makes it that much more expensive. And it's kind of a tipping point for a lot of people. So what did the federal tax overhaul do that made it so expensive to live in these places? Well, it curbed how much homeowners can subtract from federal taxes by capping the state and local tax deduction at $10,000. It also lowered the size of mortgages for new buyers and deducted the interest and deducted the interest, and it lowered the size of mortgages for new buyers And it lowered their ability to deduct the interest only and it deducted it by two hundred fifty thousand. So, I mean, a simpler way of saying what I just said is it just made it so that, you know, you can't take as much out for taxes for owning a home. And the average property tax in 2018 was about thirty five hundred. Which, you know, doesn't seem super crazy, but people in places like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, California, they were deducting over $10,000 in taxes, which means that now that they're not able to do as much, they have to pay that much more in taxes. So a lot of people are moving to places like, you know, like Florida, where I live, and you know, other places where it's a lot less expensive. And that's all I got for news Something else I want to mention now that I'm here at the end of the show, like I said, it's a quick little episode. I want to get you guys, you know, into the week nice and good on a Friday, on a Finlit Friday. We're gonna come in with some a really great topic and Like I said before, I really want you guys to go listen to the guest speakers that I have on because one, I think it's really cool that they even come on at all, but they really have a lot more to say and they have a lot more experience than I do. So they're able to talk about things and articulate themselves a lot better than I am. And, you know, it's just a great way to learn and not hear my voice on the best podcast ever, even though it's the best podcast ever. But something I want to mention is that I talk about it a lot and I hope it's and I kind of try to do like this hypnosis where I try to talk about spending and saving so casually that it just becomes normal for everyone. But recently, you know, I got a new job at a bank, but I kept my job at the restaurant. So I was working literally every day. And, you know, obviously it was great for my income because I was making good money from both jobs and being able to work a lot of hours uh, was really great. But this past week, the restaurant that I worked for actually shut down. And a lot of my co-workers aren't as financially literate and this isn't like to throw jabs at them but it really caught them blindsided and it really just kind of reinforced my belief that you should always have an emergency fund ready because you really never know this we got the announcement on a thursday and the place was closing on sunday which meant that after this week these people uh people were going to be unemployed and if they didn't have a savings cushion Like, you know, it's going to be really hard for them to be able to kind of bridge that gap. So if you're listening to this and even if you're fully employed and things are going great for you, make sure that you're fueling your emergency fund. Make sure you have a backup plan. Obviously, you know, when you invest, I think that you should invest without the thought of having to use that money in the short term. So it's good to have some money that is on hand that you can use. This is the Millennial to Millionaire podcast. My name is Paris Grant. I'm the host. And here we do not keep it 100. We keep it 1 million.